first lived in Latvia as a diplomat between 1996 and 1999, a few years after Latvia regained independence from the crumbling Soviet Union. I returned to live in Latvia in 2022. This podcast series is based on my observations and experience, with some history and comparisons with my home country of England on aspects of life in Latvia and things to see and experience. On St Saviour's. St Saviour's Church stands proudly on the bank of the River Daugava in the old town of Riga. It is an Anglican parish church that is part of the Church of England. It has a very appropriate address of Anglicanu Iela too. It was founded on British soil, shipped to Latvia in 1857 and built with British red bricks. It has a fascinating history from being made by British businessmen in Riga for wayward British sailors to being closed down as a church during the Soviet-Russian occupation and becoming a student club, to reforming when Latvia regained independence as a church for an English-speaking congregation. Let's look at its remarkable history and talk to its chaplain. In the early 19th century, British traders were active in the territory now known as Latvia, and British sailors were a common sight on the streets of Riga. On occasion, the sailors got into trouble and were incarcerated. Partly in response to this issue, British businessmen in 1806 established a British poor fund whose purposes were threefold. Firstly, to provide temporary relief for distressed British subjects. Secondly, to endow a British clergyman to celebrate services according to the rites of the Church of England. And thirdly, to build a church and residence for the clergyman. A congregation was founded in 1822. St Saviour's Neo-Gothic Church was designed by Johann Felsko, a Baltic-German architect and urban planner who was chief architect of Riga for 35 years and was instrumental in creating many famous buildings in Riga. The church's foundation stone was laid in 1857. A shipload of earth was sent from Britain to build the church on British soil. Bricks were provided as well. The church was dedicated in July 1859, by the Church of England Bishop Walter Troer as the Church of St Saviour in Riga, and the first regular church service was held in November 1859. Church use was halted during the Soviet occupation, and in 1973 it became the home of the Riga Polytechnic Institute Student Club. During this period, the church building was renewed and it became a cultural centre and venue for concerts, exhibitions and dances. A Soviet-style disco. After Latvia regained its independence in 1991 
an English-speaking congregation was again formed at St Saviour's under the guidance of the American Lutheran pastor Arden Haug. In 1995, the Reverend Juris Kalitis, born in Latvia, assumed the responsibilities of pastor of St Saviour's. On his retirement in 2014, Jana Jeruma Grimberger, the former Lutheran bishop in Great Britain, became the priest in charge. After she retired in 2019, Elisa Zigmaner, dean of the Lutheran Church in Great Britain, became the current chaplain in 2020. We will talk to Chaplain Elisa in this episode. Today the church is home to the Congregation of St Saviours. It has a service every Sunday at 11am in English and often has music concerts midweek. It has continued the outreach work from its origins, no longer with wayward British sailors, not even drunk British hen and stag party revellers in Riga who disappeared at the start of the pandemic and never returned, thank goodness. St Saviour's operates a soup kitchen for homeless people in its undercroft and supports a club for the elderly. I believe the soup kitchen serves soup, bread, porridge and fruit. Very Latvian. Something that struck me is St Saviour's focus on inclusivity. I like that. In my work, I mentor my public relations apprentices working at UK organisations to ensure their communications are as inclusive and accessible to their audiences as possible. I love the poem on St Saviour's website and will read it to you. It made me smile and laugh. We extend a special welcome to those who are single, married, divorced, gay, filthy rich, dirt poor. We extend a special welcome to those who are crying newborns, skinny as a rail, or could afford to lose a few pounds. We welcome you if you can sing like Andrea Bocelli, or just growl quietly to yourself. You're welcome here if you're just browsing, just woke up or just got out of jail. We don't care if you're more Christian than the Archbishop of Canterbury, or haven't been in church since Christmas ten years ago. We extend a special welcome to those who are over 60 but not grown up yet and to teenagers who are growing up too fast. We welcome basketball mums, hockey dads, starving artists, tree huggers, latte sippers, vegetarians, junk food eaters. We welcome those who are in recovery or still addicted. We welcome you if you're having problems or if you're down in the dumps or if you don't like organised religion, we've been there too. If you blew or you're offering money at the casino, you're welcome here. We offer a special welcome to those who think the earth is flat, work too hard, don't work, can't spell, and those who are here because Granny is visiting and wanted to go to church. We welcome those who are inked, pierced or both. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now, had religion shoved down your throat as a kid, or got lost in the old town and wound up here by mistake. We welcome pilgrims, tourists, seekers and doubters, and you.
I met Chaplain Eliza at St Saviour's. I wanted to learn more about the church's rich history, its present congregation and activities, and meet Gracia, the church cat. So this is a, a, an old church being renovated at the moment. Um, and it, as an old church, it must have lots of stories. Can you tell us some of the stories about this church, things that, that you found amazing, enlightening, uh, interesting? This church is really, really interesting uh, because it has a very interesting history. It was built by British people for British community, a very diverse British community, and survived for many years, and then it experienced uh, the wars. The co community grew during the independence of Latvia, and then uh, during the Second World War, the British left. Congregation of St. Peter's, uh, they moved in, and uh, after that, uh, this place was used as a disco where they met their first love and had their kiss and, uh, and got drunk <laughs> mm. also. But it, yeah, there are many fond memories uh, people have from that period. But that ended when Latvia uh, regained its independence and the, the building was given back to church, to worship. Uh, now it's still a church, but there's still you know, service, uh, not only church services taking place, but concerts and theatre performances. It is used uh, by several congregations, uh, not only Anglicans, but also Lutherans. And we are uh, going through renovation works at the moment, and it will be even more beautiful as it is now. One of uh, the stories I would like to uh, highlight is that during the, the period when uh, this was not used as a church, uh, pieces of Furniture like altar, pulpit, lectern, uh, they were given to other churches mm -hmm. to, to preserve them. Mm -hmm. And in recent years, we got them back. Mm. It was nice, oh, nice homecoming and gathering of, of those objects, uh, which also connect us to, to the history and especially the altar, which is served mm. with interruption, without interruption, you know. Uh, uh, in this church, but also in uh, a Lutheran church on the other side of the river for, for many years, uh, but now it's back. It is uh, a good feeling to have uh, this history behind us with all those layers of British community, with a creative community being here, with international community as hmm. we are now, uh, including Latvians and Russians who live in this country, towards future with, with that richness, with, uh, with thanks, and uh, really build on that. And it, because this church, as you also saw and mentioned, it's still in the process of being renovated and being built and uh, being on the river. So we, we see ships coming in and, <laughs> mm -hmm. and people also come from like cruise ships and visit us for, you know, just as tourists or even stay for our services. It would only be through historical records, but when, when the church was founded, Riga was a very different place with lots of 
British people, sailors, um, I was going to say that it has been over before pandemic, there were lots of British yeah. here as well, just coming for a weekend. But um, Riga was a very different place then. And, and um, what can you tell us about, about Riga at that time and its British connections and this church, St. Saviour's? You know, I'm not as old as <laughs> I was not present at that time. Uh, although, you know, people think yeah, <laughs> priests have been there for, for ages. But uh, yeah, that was a different place. And obviously, British people are st- started coming to Riga and other uh, ports of then the Russian Empire after Peter the Great uh, opened uh, his country to, to the Western influence. And, you know, lots of trade was done. The British people came here, and you mentioned sailors, uh, and quite a few of them got into trouble, and as sailors do, and mm-hmm. foreign countries, people could get in trouble. So the, the British community established the British Poor Fund in 1806, and uh, one of the objectives was to help the poor uh, who needed help, whether they were imprisoned or ill or, or they needed you know, some sort of assistance and also to build the church mm-hmm. uh, although there were many Scots and uh, what, Presbyterians and Methodists mm-hmm. but altogether they decided to uh, have a Church of England church mm-hmm. uh, so it's always been ecumenical mm-hmm. and throughout the ages and we still uh, maintain this ethos of being open to people from uh, many different church traditions. Mm-hmm. So th- that was uh, the period when Riga was changing. Mm-hmm. And as we saw downstairs, you know, old uh, masonry, and uh, there were buildings in this place before the church. Mm-hmm. That was, the, you know, part of fortification of Riga, and uh, that was demolished to open the city up to the river to trade and, you know, to enable city to grow, and uh, and the British uh, bought the land and uh, were looking forward to building a church. It was uh, mid nineteenth century, but it had uh, to be delayed for five years because mm-hmm. of the war in Crimea uh-huh. and the boycott, yes, yes. <laughs> all the sanctions, yes. and so on. Uh, and then they could uh, resume uh, five years later. Uh, the building works and this place was consecrated in uh, 1859 and we could still uh, see a few features from from that period Uh, some of the stained glass windows just a few fragments and also paintings Mm -hmm. which covered the wall but also uh, just a few fragments uh, remain at the moment and maybe we will restore them in due course who knows Mm. Uh, you Chaplain Lisa I've been active, I believe, in 30 years in, in church, Lutheran church in mm-hmm. UK for a number of years, Church mm-hmm. of England perhaps more recently. And I know you were born in Latvia. What, what, why did you come back to Latvia and St. Saviour's particularly? Yes, as you said, I've spent a number of years uh, in, in England serving a Latvian and international community in London, but also mm-hmm. in a Western country and Ireland and, and Channel Islands. For me, it was time to come back uh, because of family reasons. Mm-hmm. 
but also uh, I think the world is changing and, mm-hmm. and Britain at that time as well mm-hmm. with, with Brexit mm-hmm. and all sorts of yes. things going on uh, then I thought you know it would be nice for me to come back to Latvia uh, and in Latvia we you know women who are in ministry do not have many opportunities mm-hmm. uh, this uh, vacancy came up and uh, I applied and mm-hmm. I know uh, my predecessors and our jurists are latest mm-hmm. who was my professor at the university and I know Bishop Jana with whom we, we shared a church in London and, mm-hmm. and so therefore it was uh, coming to a place where I knew mm. people and uh, the experience I had before was similar because uh, Lutherans are a tiny minority mm-hmm. uh, in England Yes, and Anglicans here are a tiny minority because our community is very diverse. Yes. Not many of them are Anglicans, but uh, some of them are. But people come from different parts of the world uh, and different walks of life. It is quite a transient uh, congregation, which is sometimes difficult, because investing in people when we know that they would go on to somewhere else. But at the same time, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. You never know yes. who will turn up. Yes. Yeah. And if you come as a member of congregation, you do not know whom you will meet, mm-hmm. from which part of the world. Yes. And we always have uh, time for fellowship after the mm-hmm. service of teas and coffees, so people could mingle and, and say hello to each other, where you're from, where you're staying. The, um, my last question yeah. has to be about um, someone who's been following us around a little bit here, the church cat. I think her name's Grazia. Yes. Now, how long has Grazia been here, church cat? She seems to own the place. <laughs> tell me more. Yes, uh, yeah, I sometimes tell that um, I'm here just um, an assistant to Grazia. You know, she's, the, she's the boss. Uh, and she's been here for a number of years, oh, definitely before she arrived before my time. Mm. The main reason, as with other places, uh, churches uh, or cathedrals which have cats uh, the main reason was to, to keep mice mm. at bay and um, so she still does that job she catches mice because in old town and all buildings yes. around us we need you know, a cat uh, she does other jobs too she's very much into public relations <laughs> <laughs> as uh, People, you know, staff always comment, you know, when they post a YouTube video with like an organist playing organ, you know, they just a few likes and a few people uh, uh, watch it. And when a video, a photo of Grazia appears on Facebook, mm-hmm. then everybody <laughs> uh, responds. And, and because uh, she's a very friendly cat and uh, she takes part in church activities. Uh, comes to services mm-hmm. and concerts mm-hmm. uh, and staff meetings. Uh, during COVID, she did Zoom. <laughs> uh, usually, when she comes to you know bigger events, she chooses somebody in whose lap to sit, and those people <laughs> are allowed not to stand up during the service. 
because they have the duty to, mm. to be with her. But uh, also during COVID, it was really uh, touching to see people coming in when people could not socialize mm. and uh, had to keep distance. Especially touching moment was uh, when uh, a family of Iranian refugees came in and uh, they could not speak Russian and even their English was very very basic and but they saw the cat <laughs> and they could stroke the cat mm-hmm. and that uh, really made them you know welcome mm-hmm. and um, and make that connection you know with something to you know reminded them of home of homeliness mm-hmm. uh, so they therefore Grazia is a very valuable member of mm-hmm. our staff. And uh, she teaches us uh, how to be yourself and how to be loved and how to accept love. Because she likes people coming to her uh, to, uh, to show their love. To her. She, she's not afraid, she's not aggressive and she does not run away sometimes. And she's a bit overwhelmed and she goes. But, but it, I think that's a lesson we could learn in the church mm-hmm. how to you know for us how to be fully human and how to accept love how to be loved and love as well but also how to be loved you know that yes. we are in this loving environment yes thank you thank you very much indeed thank you at the end of the interview with chaplain elisa my son was found fast asleep cuddled up next to grazia conclusion. St Saviour's, centrally located in Riga Old Town, is well worth visiting. Whether attending a Sunday service, listening to a midweek concert, or learning more about this magnificent church and its diverse congregation, past and present, or even to find the church cat. <laughs>